the bye week is over, which also means game week is back as the Buckeyes are about to embark upon eight straight Big Ten games. And the first one is this Saturday against the Maryland Terrapins. You are Locked On Buckeyes, your daily podcast on the Ohio State Buckeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Buckeye fans? Welcome back to another episode of Locked on Buckeyes for the Locked on Podcast Network. I am your host, Jay Stevens, also the host of the Jay Stevens Podcast. It is Monday, October 2nd in the year 2023. And today's episode is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. During today's episode, we will discuss the benefits of the Buckeyes having an early bye week and do the Buckeyes miss Kevin Wilson. But first, it is time for your boys to get back to work preparing for a knuck- another Buckeye football game. Game week is back. One week away from the bye week where the Buckeyes got a little practice in, a little rest and relaxation, but now it's back to work in a game week preparation mode. The first four weeks of the Buckeye season this year, there were a lot of things we learned about them, learned about Brian Hartline, learned about Ryan Day, learned about Jim Knowles and the other coaches. We also learned things about Kyle McCord and uh, Devin Brown and Marvin Harrison Jr. and Emeka Abuka and Julian Fleming and Kate Stover and Lathan Ransom, Joshua Proctor, Denzel Burke, and the others. We learned things about a lot of Buckeyes through four weeks. No, the outcomes of those games were not like many of us predicted that they would be. I thought there would be more scoring from both teams in the showdown between Ohio State and Notre Dame. I expected the Buckeyes to score 50-plus against Indiana and against Youngstown State. Western Kentucky is one of those games. You feel them out in the first quarter, first uh, quarter and a half of play. The next thing you know, the defense starts to squeeze and squeeze and squeeze the life out of that orange. The next thing you know, offense, boom, offense, boom, defense, turnover here. Defense uh, scores and scores a touchdown. Next thing you know, the Buckeyes are up big over a Western Kentucky team, which offensively has a lot of firepower. So we learned a lot about this team. But the next eight games will be nothing like the first four. I could even say there will be a more intense game than the game against Notre Dame. That'll be the game against uh, against Michigan. You probably won't have an opponent that has the caliber of talent that Western Kentucky uh, or even Youngstown State does. I don't think – I'm pretty sure every Big Ten team has better talent. Maybe not overall. I mean, maybe not, let's say, better offensive talent, but overall talent than Western Kentucky and Youngstown State is not in the realm of, of conversation into being anywhere close talent-wise to um, other Big Ten teams. However, Indiana's one of those teams. Indiana's not good, but they're also going to be a good measuring stick. Is that a right phrase to use? They're going to be a good way for you to measure. Okay, that's maybe a little bit better. Measure how maybe some of the bottom-level, lower-level Big Ten teams might be against you. Tom Allen, the Indiana head coach, is a defensive coach, defensive-minded coach, whose offense is really struggling. Talent is not there. But my guess is there are other Big Ten teams this year that might do some of the same similar things that Indiana did to try to keep the ball out of the Buckeyes' hands and to try to um, do what is needed to 
make a muddy picture for Kyle McCord so he cannot throw the ball all across the yard. All those things are true. But it's time to get back to work. I, I have seen in some circles and some conversations that Kyle McCord is in the Heisman Trophy conversation. Okay, great. That might be true. Some say top 10. Great, cool. We've only embarked upon the first month of the season. There is a lot of ball left to play. October is, is where you really find out more about who you are, what you're made of. And then November, the um, pretenders go away and the contenders emerge, not just for games like the Big Ten Championship game or to even make the playoff or to win the Natty. But also, if you're going to contend to win a postseason award, the Heisman, the Walter Cam Trophy, the Doak Walker, uh, the Nagurs Bronco Nagurski, um, the um, the Dodd Trophy for the Coach of the Year, uh, whatever it might be, that's where you start to separate yourself. So some say November is for contenders, not the pretenders. Whatever it might be, whatever phrase you want to utilize, we're going to learn a lot about this team over the next four games: Maryland, Purdue, Penn State, Wisconsin, and then in November. You work through all those kinks in, no, in October. You figure out what works, what doesn't work, what your identity is, and then flex your identity in November. It's all going to be capitalized and in, um, it's all going to come to a head November 25th, Thanksgiving weekend. The Buckeyes play the Michigan Wolverines. Yes, it is October. Yes, we talk about this game all year long. Yes, I hear people that come up and say, hey, Sometimes he will look ahead to certain games on shows and as coaches, and you should not do that. And I understand, but this ain't just any other game. This is what means everything. How do we judge different quarterbacks and different players at Ohio State, different coaches? How did you do against that game against, against uh, Michigan? How did you do against the game against the Wolverines? Did you win? Did you lose? If you're a head coach. Did you have a uh, uh, did you have more wins and losses? Did you have more losses than wins? If you have more losses than wins, how many losses did you have? What do we say about CJ Stroud? Phenomenal thrower of the football. Can't take that away from him. And even some of his numbers in the NFL confirm that statement. What also do we say about CJ Stroud? Now, I also say that I take this as something that a lot of people say, but also there is a narrative out there and there's, a, there's some truth to it that wins and losses is not a quarterback stat, which is true. But a big narrative about C.J. Stroud is that he never led the Buckeyes to beat the Wolverines. Didn't happen. That is a talking point out there. Uh, in those games, I see the numbers. I see what he did. You would still say, hey, I would like a whole lot more, want a little bit more from Stroud in some of those big-time moments. It's not all, It's not all on him, though. When he's on the field, there's 10 other guys on the field with him. There are there are a total of 22 starters, offense and defense, and that's not counting the guys that are at the top of the list in the special teams category. And so that game means everything. You can't put that entire loss on Stroud's shoulders, but that's a big narrative. How did you perform against the Wolverines? And for Kyle McCord, Ryan Day, Brian Hartline, Jim Knowles, and the others, people are going to be looking at that game. You could be undefeated 11-0. If you don't perform well, if you're not prepared for that game, there are going to be some serious and heavy conversations about the coaches and players on this Buckeyes team. Since a deja vu over the past couple of years, we don't want to feel that same feeling again. Let's get back to how things were under Urban Meyer and under Ryan Day's first time coaching against the Wolverines. Come in there and you beat them down over and over, play after play after play. 
the Buckeyes are back in game preparation mode as they prepare for eight straight Big Ten games, which the first one comes this Saturday. A homecoming matchup against the Maryland Terrapins. Coming up next, we will go over why the Buckeyes' bye week coming early in the season is a major benefit to them. That's coming at you next here on Locked on Buckeyes. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Athletic Brewing. Now time for your game changer of the week, brought to you by Athletic Brewing Company. Much like the Buckeyes bye week, Athletic Brewing has completely changed the non-alcoholic beer game. They make non-alcoholic beers that actually taste good. Now, why is the bye week, the Buckeyes bye week, the Athletic Brewing uh, Company uh, game changer of the week? Because, man, the timing of this is ideal. It's perfect. You go through that tough, hard-fought, fierce battle with Notre Dame, walking off the field, you're like, man, I ain't never been hit that hard consecutively play after play in my life. You need this time of year, this week right here, to rest your body up for what's coming at you. This Saturday and throughout the rest of the season in Ohio State's football schedule, Athletic Brewing Company has completely changed the non-alcoholic beer game. They make non-alcoholic beers that actually taste good. Their brews are great tasting and award-winning and beat up full-strength beers in global competitions. You can find Athletic Brewing Company's non-alcoholic beers at a store near you or buy online at athleticbrewing.com. First-time customers can use Locked On to get 15% off your first online order. That's code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N at checkout for 15% off at athleticbrewing.com. Near beer, exclusions, and conditions apply. Athletic Brewing Company fit for all time. Thank you for making Locked on Buckeyes your first listen or first watch of every single day. Your Ohio State Buckeyes return to the football field this Saturday against the Maryland Terrapins at 12 p.m. noon. Catch every snap of the whole time broadcast with the Sirius XM app on the SXM app. Search Buckeyes. This bye week, man, when I was looking at the schedule in the offseason, I'm sitting here thinking like, man, it's, it's a little early bye week. I remember last year, it being week number six. And I'm thinking, okay, cool. You get half of a season. Great. Play six games. Buckeyes looked really good in those six games. Get a, a chance to regroup. Figure some things out. Work, work on some kinks. Perfect some of your strengths. And then get back on the football field. And last year's bye week, I thought was one, well, was good time. But also post bye week, I'm sitting here like, man, this is not the team that I thought we were going to see post bye week a year ago. I thought for a fact the Buckeyes offensively would be uh, would have more firepower. I thought for sure uh, defensively they would not look at times like they did. I thought definitely Penn. I think Penn State was post by week. I know for a fact Maryland was post by week. I know for a fact Northwestern was post by week. I know for a fact Michigan was post by week. Probably Michigan State was trickled in there at the end of the season as well as you normally play Michigan State. I do believe towards the end of the season, but that's just off the top of the dome. Just remembering back to last year, like Iowa. What was what was this? You won big, but it just didn't look right. Northwestern, what is this? Didn't win big, and it definitely didn't look right. Maryland, good football team, but definitely thought you would get a whole lot more. Michigan, late game mental lapses that can't happen over and over. Sitting here wondering what in the world is going on. But this year's bye week comes earlier in the season after the Buckeyes play four games, and it's not just the that they played four games and it's a bye week. It's kind of what you went through. A lot of growing pains. 
offensive line was one of the biggest issues in the early portion of the season. And after that game against Notre Dame, which they played better, didn't play up to par. I'm not going to sit here and say that the, uh, the Buckeyes' old line is up to the standard standard right now. Uh, I'm not I'm not that kind of analyst. And I think if I did make that kind of statement, numerous people would hop in that YouTube comment section, maybe get an email or two, and say, "Hey, yo, bro, you wrong." And I would say, "Oh, my bad, my bad. Like, hey, I got that one wrong, y'all. The old line needs work. As good as the defensive line has played, there are things that can be tweaked to improve that group as well." Linebackers, they can do hey, they they can improve, secondary can improve, everybody can improve. And so, as I say, there are four quarters in a football schedule in college football. Um, three, six, nine, twelve, three games is one quarter. After the first three quarters of play of the season for the Buckeyes team, I'm sitting here looking at okay, Indiana was one thing, Youngstown State was one thing, Western Kentucky was a whole lot better. How can we not do what the Buckeyes did early in the season? to improve upon what we saw against Western Kentucky. Great. Then you get into the second part of, second quarter of the Buckeye season. It's a game against Notre Dame. Top 10 on the road in Notre Dame Stadium. I believe this is only the third time the Buckeyes and Notre Dame have played inside Notre Dame Stadium. Now, I know it's the third road, third time the Buckeyes have played um, a road game at Notre Dame. I don't know the history of Notre Dame Stadium to know if it was up in 1930. Uh, was it 35, 36, 34? I forget the exact year that the Buckeyes played at Notre Dame for the very first time. So forgive me, um, just the history of the stadium is not something that's at top of my mind right now. But we are looking at a game. Remember that some people were able to watch the game in the 90s. Um, we all remember what we watched over the week, over a couple weeks ago. We're looking at a team in the Buckeyes that this bye week is coming at the perfect time. Physically, you need this week to relax and to rest. I mean, physically, you just got beat up, even in a win. I heard numerous Ohio State reporters that were at the game that were saying, man, watching those guys walk off the field, you could tell they took a beating in that game. And recently, in some of the high school football that I have covered, remember a game a couple weeks ago, I'm not saying school's names, but I always remember um, being on the home sideline for this one and watching a player who was a Mr. Do-It-All for this football team walk off the field, beat beat he got beat over and over and i'm not saying like beat with a belt like i'm not saying he, he's getting beat with a uh, foreign objects i mean just a pd got the other team was putting on him he was like man this stuff hurts <laughs> walking off gingerly walking off kind of limping a little bit now he went back in the game but i'm sitting here looking at and realizing this is a physically grueling mentally taxing matchup that he's in, in in the part of same thing goes for the ohio state buckeyes just a little bit ratcheted up, more intensity than a Friday night high school football game. The Buckeyes need this time to regroup, to relax, to rest their bodies. But also, I say regroup, figure out what works for you. What is your identity? Figure out some of these short-yarded situations and issues that we're going to discuss tomorrow and uh, going further into the week to discuss, hey, as good as things have been, some things need to change. And I mentioned short yardage because I'm listening to I don't know if it was the podcast or Kings of Columbus, uh, the podcast, the other Kings of Columbus. Um, I don't believe it was Buckeye Talk at this time. But there was one of the Buckeyes podcasts I was listening to talking about the short yard situations and the Buckeyes lack of desire to call a QB sneak. Fourth and one, third and one. 
if you can't get your center and two guards and your quarterback to get one yard when you just shorten that um, the split between the guard and the center and you step down and you move forward at three or four people as a unit of one, if you can't figure that out, buddy, I got some questions. Because as an offensive lineman, I former offensive lineman, excuse me, I loved those moments. It was almost a badge of pride to say, hey, look, Hey, we're going to do this on the side of the count as the center, uh, former center here. Um, the quarterback will hit the right side of uh, my right hip or right butt, whatever his hand. Yeah, he, he would hit the right side of the right side of my leg and um, snap the ball. He would go in. And what would happen? Generally, we would get that first down. But what was it? Guard on my right side, guard on my left side. What is it? Hey, us three together, got to get it in. That's got to dig deep. You just get one yard, maybe half a yard. That's it. That's all we got to get. And that's what they can short yard situations. Maybe this week the Buckeyes figure out, hey, here's what we haven't called these plays that a lot of times we might think will work. And here's how we can implement that into our playbook. It's not really hard to implement a quarterback sneak. I'm not trying to overthink it. It's a QB sneak. One, make sure your center and your quarterback can consistently and successfully do a snap under center all the time. Just make sure that can happen. And if it can't, work on it. Figure those things out. But also, talking about short yardage, do you want to continue to be in shotgun situations? And let's think about it. Fourth in game. I think it was like literally third in goal. But, fourth, but third in game. Shotgun? Now it worked to chip train them. But wouldn't it be a little bit better for your team if you were under center in that situation and a short yardage scenario in that game? You would think so. Now, this time of year, the early bye week, you can kind of work on some of those things and not so much saying, oh, we got so much ball under us. We got so much film. Um, we played a lot of ball. Um, our identity is already set and made. The Buckeyes' identity, I don't know if it's already set in stone yet, which is Okay, for them, like you would love to have an identity already set. Now, over the next couple of weeks, Maryland and Purdue, as it, as they finish the first half of the Buckeye season, I truly believe the Buckeyes' identity will be more in shape and intact. And we'll know exactly what the Buckeyes are in 2023. Right now, we believe they're one of the top five teams in the country. Also, right now, some say top four. Also, right now, I do believe there's a lot of improvement this team can make over the next few weeks before getting into the final month of the regular season. Coming up next, I was watching some football on, I believe it was Thursday evening, Thursday or Friday, and one thought into my head about Kevin Wilson. We'll dive into that next here on Locked on Buckeyes. This episode is brought to us by our friends at FanDuel Sportsbook. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. Once again, visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 
Thank you for making Locked on Buckeyes your first listen or first watch of every single day. The college football season is here, and we're in the midst of it. And this season, Locked on is kicking up our coverage with Locked on College Football Kickoff Live. Each Friday, Locked on will go live from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern on every Locked on College YouTube channel. College Football Kickoff Live will cover playoff implications, the conference rivalry games, and go in-depth like only Locked on can, including uh analysis from our stable of locked on college hosts covering their team every day find locked on college football kickoff live every friday from 11 a.m to 1 p.m eastern time on any locked on college youtube channel you won't want to miss it so i believe this game as i think about it i believe this game was on a thursday evening tulsa a team that ohio state recently played under ryan day's tenure in columbus had a game and I was sitting here watching the game, watching the football, and I said, hold on, that's a familiar face. And I'm going back in my phone here to get the exact. It was Tulsa versus Temple. Tulsa beat Temple 48-26 on Thursday evening. Um, and I'm sitting here in, in my mind looking out here and saying, that man with the glasses pushed down on his nose, and I'm not watching, wearing the glasses today. Um, might see this a little bit more often. Glasses are my thing behind the screen, but hey. We might be able to change some things up here on the show. But I'm watching the game, and I'm saying, that's a familiar face. Glasses down on him. Tulsa, a team that the Buckeyes recently played, that the Buckeyes almost lost to. I think it was a couple years ago. And Kevin Wilson is a coach. Really, really, really good. Now, by the numbers, Tulsa's offense on um, Thursday evening, 244 um, total passing yards, three passing touchdowns. 289 rushing yards um, on 53 rushing attempts, which is a lot. Five and a half yards of carry and three rushing touchdowns. I say all that to go back and look at this one thought about Kevin Wilson. Kevin Wilson is a long-time college football coach. Before coaching at Tulsa, he coached at Ohio State from 2017 to 2022. He was head coach of the Indiana Hoosiers from 2011 until 2016. He was on Oklahoma's coaching staff from 2002 until 2016, also had stints at Northwestern and Miami of Ohio, um, high school coach at, uh, in North Carolina, uh, in North Carolina A&T, and other stops, or other stops along the way. Kevin Wilson's one of those coach coaches. I do believe it's one of the best or better offensive minds in the sport. Not saying he is um, Chip Kelly in that mindset, they added Oregon and at USC, some of the things Ryan Day does now currently with the Buckeyes offense, he picked up from Kevin Wilson from Wilson's time there in Columbus as the offensive coordinator slash tight ends coach. But I remember when he was at Oklahoma, when he was at Indiana, when he was at Ohio State, just to stop basically over the past 20 years. What did you always find? Oklahoma, good offensive line, good running game. What did you have at Indiana? An offensive line that was not – that was – Better than some other Indiana offensive lines, but a good running game. A running game that almost propelled the Hoosiers to beat the Buckeyes in 2015 when the Hoosiers hosted the Buckeyes on that Saturday there. And I do believe that was in October. I was at the game. I'm sitting here like, hey, I don't know if it was Tevin Coleman, Jordan Howard, whoever it was. That back was good. And who was on the sidelines? Kevin Wilson. They also had to use a Thurston quarterback, which makes that win sting a, whole, sting a little bit because I was like, Ain't no way my first Buckeye game with my parents watching the game is going to be here with a loss. My mom was a Indiana Hoosiers grab. Not trying to do that. Don't want that to be reality, and it was not. But you got to respect the game that Kevin Wilson brings to the table. Kevin Wilson is a good coach. 
a phenomenal coach. And in the Buckeyes' first year without Kevin Wilson on the coaching staff, and Wilson coached under Urban Meyer and also under Ryan Day, one of those coaches that was retained when Urban Meyer retired at the conclusion of the 2018 season, I wonder if some of the things that are going on, maybe O-line issues or maybe even running game issues, with neither one of those are up to par or up to standard. I wonder if some of those things are due to the absence of Kevin Wilson at Ohio State. Kevin Wilson is one of those coaches that in his absence, somebody preseason, actually, I believe after the first couple of games, somebody asked me and said, do you think the Buckeyes miss Kevin Wilson? The eye in the sky is very important. And at the time, I made a, a comment, which is normal for me to make, hey, it's a little too early in the season to know the to know the importance and if its absence really is being felt right now. And I don't know if the Buckeyes miss him right now because, like I said, only four games. The sample size that we have seen is not large enough to make a, hey, the Buckeyes miss him, the Buckeyes don't miss him. I, as a coach in that way, I, I, I haven't seen enough ball to make that statement. However, what I have seen can make me make a statement like this. Kevin Wilson could greatly be utilized with the coaching staff right now. In a big way. And I'm not saying you have to change the running back rotation or maybe even change the five, the unit of five that is the Buckeye starting offensive line. I'm not even sure about that. What I do know is this there was a consistency. 2017, 2018, Dobbins explodes in 2019. Now there were some hiccups along the way. I'm not saying things aren't going to be uh these are going to be perfect and smooth the entire way. There are definitely going to be some growing pains. But I wonder if this early portion of the season, if Kevin Wilson was there, if the Buckeyes running game off of the line would be a little bit better than it has. The O-line was always going to be a problem. Always it was going to be a topic of conversation. You bring in three new off of the linemen that are starters, one of them being a G5 transfer, one of them, I believe, is a redshirt freshman at Carson Hensman, and then Josh Fry, who's been around for a while. But even in the preseason conversation with my guy, Ryan Roberts, even though it had an NFL draft twist and spin on it but still there were some calls for concern there it doesn't matter i don't know for a fact the buckeyes miss kevin wilson right now but i do know his expertise and longevity of coaching in the sport could be utilized with the buckeyes offense right now also we've seen some 12 personnel two tight end sets but we saw a whole lot more of them when kevin wilson was here is that because of the lack of trust in a backup tight end now, G. Scott Jr., good tight end. Not the best inline blocker yet. Not saying it can't happen, but yet. Joe Royer, not in that backup spot. So I wonder, I truly wonder. Tight end situation. Kevin Wilson was a tight ends coach, not only at Ohio State, but also at Oklahoma. Um, coached O-line at Miami of Ohio. Um, and he was the OC there, was a quarterback. I mean, he's done a lot. Coached basically every offensive position except for a wide receiver. His absence might be felt and it might be something we might be talking more about over the next few weeks out of here on a monday buckeye fans you can follow me on x at jstevens07 you can send all of your emails to jstevens317 at gmail.com we will be back tomorrow and then wednesday thursday and friday continuing our preparation for the buckeyes return to the football field as they have a game saturday against the Maryland Terrapins. This has been Buck Lock. This has been wow. Lockdown Buckeyes here on a Monday. I'll see you next time.